It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. At mine. Six oh six to time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a double check in here. We're on Thursday. Yeah, it's a Thursday already. Okay, I swear I can see the weekend from here. Trigger warning. Warning: This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. These first two stories are going to make all the right people just mad. And I like making all the right people mad. First, we're going to go right here to the state of Wyoming, where we've won a case in court against the cult of climate change. That's a good thing. U.S. District Court in Columbia, so it's not in Wyoming, but it's a U.S. It's a district court area, so we're within the region, has dismissed a lawsuit filed by the Center for Biological Diversity and Wild Earth Guardians which I can go on all morning about what fraudsters they are, but okay. Against the Department of Interior and the Bureau of Land Management for lacking the standing by the plaintiffs in a suit that aimed to shut down, you're going to love this, they wanted to shut down all drilling permits in the state of Wyoming issued since 2021. Imagine if... If they were able to do that, every single drilling permit from 2021 till now would have been shut down and all work would have had to just cease. But they didn't get away with it. Now, in this case, the judge said, well, you like standing numbers. You don't have a dog in this fight. This is not your case. You can't do that. There's other reasons to shut it down. But okay, I'll take that one. Anything. The suit, the story says, aimed to shut down all drilling permits in the state issued since 2021. Had the case been upheld since that would close 900 applications and would have vacated plus more in New Mexico as well. A 254-page complaint that they sent in it talks about the impact on climate, of course. The drilling of these oil and gas wells will likely emit up to 600 million metric tons of carbon dioxide, a greenhouse gas pollution. It's not a pollutant. All over the course of the lifespan equivalent to the annual emissions between coal fire power plants, etc., etc. Okay. Now, of course, it's a big CO2. And yet these same groups... Don't talk about all the bird kills for wind turbines or other wildlife it affects. Or the, the, the many ways that wind and solar affects wildlife and 
also just the planet itself negatively. They keep treating those things as if they're some kind of a panacea for the climate on planet Earth. But reading on, they make three points in this drilling order. Endangered species being pushed to extinction by climate change. By the way, I would ask them to prove that. If, if this were to actually go into court and actually be discussed as a serious case. Oh, so there's all these species because of climate change that are going extinct. Okay. And can you prove that that climate change is being caused by humans? And they may say, oh, yes, we can. Really? I'll take you on. I'll be your huckleberry. All right. So uh, degradation of public lands. Again, let's talk about wind and solar because the first two right there uh, what about what wind and solar are doing, especially to endangered species? Negative effects on greenhouse gas emissions. Again, CO2 is not a pollutant. I can go through all of that again. But the Center for Biological Diversity. Now, here's a, this is a lie. This next one's a big lie. Is a nonprofit organization. No, it's not. Oh, they might be filed under, for tax purposes, nonprofit. But the people who work there make a lot of money. I don't call that nonprofit. Uh, they have about 1.7 million members, it says. Main goal, they claim, is to observe wildlife for recreation, et cetera, et cetera. The suit's second plan is Wild Earth Guardians, also a nonprofit. No, they're not. They make a lot of money, as in, I wonder... Uh, I'm just going to ask a question here just to find out. How much does the CEO of Wild Earth Guardians make? Now, I don't know. the. Oh, here we go. Okay. The president for Wild Earth Guardians makes $640,305 a year. Yeah, the president for Wild Earth Guardians makes over $600,000 a year. And yet it's called a nonprofit. I call that a profit. But okay. Uh, they're based in Santa Fe, New Mexico. They've got uh, about 187,000 members, activists, and so on. They're supposed to be protecting wildlife and rivers and health of the West. And yet... When I bring up wind and solar, one time, back a long time ago when I was on Twitter, and when it was still called Twitter, I asked Wildlife Guardians about, on their website at the time, they had all these wind turbines, and they were advocating for wind energy. And I asked them about all the bird and bat kills. And if you're Wild Earth Guardians, why are you advocating for something that's killing all of these birds? Many of them endangered. Their answer was to have Twitter suspend my account rather than answer the question. But okay. Wyoming is the second largest producer of both oil and natural gas on federal lands, it says. Any attempt to halt operations on federal lands would have outsized the impact in Wyoming. In 2022, Wyoming's oil and natural gas industry contributed, and it talks about how much money it contributed uh, and paid into taxes. And here's something else that I also object to whenever I see a story like this. Right away when they talk about oil and natural gas and so on, and any company, well, what do they contribute in taxes? Well, okay. It's nice that they contribute a lot in taxes. That's good because we certainly use the money for roads and schools and stuff like that. But I'm less concerned with that. 
I really am. I don't care so much what they contribute in taxes. I don't want the government to get that much tax money. I'm more interested in what they contribute in jobs and to our local economy. Because that's money for families, for you and me. And and also energy and energy security. So contributing to the local economy, but also to the security and health of people through keeping us warm in the wintertime, you know, little things like that. Getting people to the hospital when they need to be. Running a hospital. All right. The judge's decision is welcome news, the story said, for the Petroleum Association of Wyoming, who wrote in an email that vacating 900 of these permits in Wyoming would have wreaked havoc on Wyoming's economy. Our schools, our communities, Gillette to Pinedale, Cheyenne to, uh, yeah, all across the state in other words. So the petroleum industry dodged a blow, the story says, but there's growing urgency from national supporters to put an end to drilling entirely. Yet even the uh, Biden's promise of no new drilling has uh, was vanquished almost as soon as he took office. In other words, Biden said no new drilling. I played for you the audio of that. And, of course, that's never happened. He keeps trying to, but that's never happened. One thing is for certain, the story says, nearly 1,000 permits were revoked. Wyoming's economy would certainly suffer if that had happened. The Energy Information Administration shows Wyoming produces almost 12 times more energy than it consumes. It is the second biggest net energy supplier in the nation. Now, I do also, yesterday I'd put up a story and talked about it just a little bit on the Wake Up Wyoming site about energy in Wyoming, but also around the world, and how despite the best efforts of groups like Wild Earth Guardians, despite their best efforts, the world is using more coal, gas, and oil than ever before, not less. So the whole idea of net zero isn't happening. Just isn't. Morning, Jude. Jude and Casper, Wildcard is sneaking into local land use plans for private lands to our planning Okay, I'll maybe you can call in and talk a little bit about that uh, a little bit later. But okay, you're going to love what I have for you next up. Next up is a trucker. Judy, you'll like this. This guy's a trucker. Specifically, the company he's working for has to do with logging. He's a trucker. That's what he does. And he was asked about going all electric. Hang on. We'll get to it. Wake up, Wyoming. Keeping them honest, this is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS. Six twenty-four is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. So to I.D. John. Now, I understand your point, John. He writes, morning, Glenn, when are we going to get a governor with the guts to tell the feds no? The only problem with the story that I just read is... All of those wells that were in that lawsuit are on federal land in Wyoming. And so the governor can't say anything about that because it's not Wyoming land, it's federal land. So until we get that land from the feds, it's not. And I'm one of those who's always been in support of that. I would rather have Wyoming all own all of the land in Wyoming. And the only thing that the feds own are maybe a couple of government buildings in the state. That's about it. Leave it up to Wyoming to run things like that. But there's nothing governor could actually do about it. All right. Now, the other story that I thought you guys would enjoy first thing in the morning. So here is a reporter who walks up to a 
and this is more like a real reporter, not one of the fake ones from, you know, like New York Times or CNN or MSNBC. It's a real reporter. And he's talking to truckers who are hauling logs. So they're up there in the mountains. I don't know which state. Look like Washington State to me. Now, of course, all truckers are just stupid people, right? Sure. Wait till you hear this guy when he's asked about switching to electric trucks. Do you ever see yourself going 100% EV? No. And why not? Like this truck, like a long truck uses about two and a half megawatts of power per day. With extra capacity in the battery means you need a three megawatt battery pack. The biggest one is like a Tesla Semi, which is like a one megawatt. Like, so you need three megawatts to run an electric truck. That would mean you would need to pack 50,000 pounds, 40, 50,000 pounds of batteries just to do a full day. And then let's say we can even get those batteries down to the same weight where it's reasonable. The grid infrastructure, we haven't invested in our electrical grid since the 1950s, 1960s, 70s. Like, just give me an example. Logging trucks in BC. That's a niche industry. There's a 5,000 logging trucks that haul logs at two and a half megawatts of consumption per day. That's 12 and a half gigawatts of power. Site C Dam has been under construction for the last, oh, I don't know, 15 years at a cost of $20 billion. And that has a 1.1 gigawatt. So a $20 billion dam that takes 15 years to build has a 1.1 gigawatt capacity. And logging trucks, just logging trucks alone are using 12 and a half gigawatts. You would have to flood an area of land the size of Wales to produce that hydropower. Well, like, like we need a lot to make a fully electric feasible on the North American grid with batteries and all that. But if you can make it more efficient and you can make it a hybrid and you can reduce your fuel consumption by 50%. Okay, so at least when he got into the hybrid part, he's like, well, maybe if we got into hybrids, you could reduce your fuel consumption. Of course, hybrids still have a problem, but I think that might be worth looking at. But go all electric? He makes them, of course, that's your typical just dumb trucker, right? Just some stupid redneck who doesn't know what he's talking about. He's never looked into this, right? Yeah, sounds like he's looked into it a lot. And, no, and he even gives credit to, look, there are companies out there that are working on making these batteries much lighter weight. Okay. And there's options out there that are being developed. We'll see if anything comes along. But so far, they're just in the, they're working on it stages, the hypothetical stages that are being tested. But we'll see. But even still, he gives credit to, let's say they did make a battery that was a lot less. But we still have a problem. Our grid can't take this. Now, that was in part demonstrated in California when they had a hot summer. And, of course, that's all your fault that they had a hot summer. They had a hot summer in California, and the state actually asked people with electric vehicles to not charge their electric vehicles because the grid couldn't handle it. And it's not just a matter of how much electricity we produce. It's a matter of being able to get the electricity from production to wherever the, the electric vehicles are. And as we've already demonstrated, how many times over now, that wind and solar will never produce enough reliable energy to be able to handle everybody driving electric whatever. So there goes your trucking industry. There's absolutely no way to do this. Now, this is where California, they're not going to, just so you know... California does not have a ban on all electric on all diesel trucks. The idea is anyone who wants to buy a new truck is going to have to get a new electric one. It gets a little complicated. It's also done mostly by executive order, which is not allowed either. But if California wants to go ahead and try and do this, uh, uh, they'll be all for the idea of nothing but electric semi trucks in California. 
until they find out that they're not getting things like food and fuel. Then what are they going to do? When, as soon as they find out that food is not showing up because they're trying to use all electric trucks, California is going to quickly change its mind about it. All right, coming up on 630, local news coming your way right after local news update on your weather forecast. Then you and I get back into it again. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS. Ah! 6.36 is the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. It is uh, Thursday. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, here we go again with the... Everything's got to be racist or something like that. And we've got to change everything because somebody perceives it to be bad. Therefore, it has to be changed, right? Headline, and this is from the website Not the Bee. So there's a Babylon Bee, which is a parody website. Babylon Bee wisely decided to make a site called Not the Bee. Not the Bee is it's news that's so absurd, you're going to think this is satirical. This is parody. This can't actually be a real story, but it is. Scientists rename birds to shun racism and defeat white supremacy. Dozens of birds to be renamed in an effort to shun racism and make science, especially American ornithology, uh, well, just to stop you using human names especially anyone who is guilty of past racism or genocide. Well, thank the Lord they got on top of this. The Washington Post, very stoic headline. Uh, their headline says, Dozens of bird names honoring enslavers and racists will be changed. The American Ornitholo Ornithological Society. That's tough to do this early in the morning, say that. It says it will, after uh, some thinking, altered names of North American birds after humans, starting with about 80 of them. Washington Post with great glee, I'm sure, that the American Ornithological oh, Association is going to be renaming about a dozen birds. Uh, no longer let birds named after people at all, but focus on certain species and attributes. The group says it will prioritize the birds whose names trace to enslavers, white supremacists, and robbers in indigenous graves. Among them, one of the most famous, John James Audubon. We're going to go back through names of birds. If we're going to go, go back through names of persons, then that's one of them. You know, anyone who might have, they think, enslaved or robbed or whatever it might be. Because just like pumpkin spice, everything is racist, even birds. Oh, no, that's that's a thing, too. Uh, I, I got to call that one up. Yeah, pumpkin spice is racist, by the way. For all those people who love pumpkin spice, I'll get into that. Quote, there is power in a name. And some English bird names have associations with the past that continue to be exclusionary and harmful to some people today said the president of the society. We need much more inclusive 
scientific names that focus attention on the unique feature and beauty of these birds. Yes, when I think of the scientific process, I think it would be most inclusive and engaging to name it. Well, never mind. Forget I was even going down that road. There were 80 names to be changed. So let's take a look at if they have some of these names. Uh, Committee of Bird Names, okay. They talk about, okay, first, the diverse white, black, and Latino members failed to arrive. Okay, they talk about the meeting here and who were afraid. They wanted to have a meeting about this. A lot of people didn't arrive. What I'm looking for is what are the names of the birds? Okay. I don't see that the story names any of the birds yet. I want to know what those bird names specifically are. Birds named for Audubon and other famous birders who chronicled uh, the North American birds will be renamed by a bunch of, you know, basically woke buffoons who are triggered at the thought of acknowledging the accomplishments of just about anybody. If somebody did one bad thing, then therefore they have to be canceled in history, right? Uh, By the way, the pumpkin spice story... According to the Washington Post, they want you to know that pumpkin spice has a violent history wrought with colonization. No, I I tell you what, I'll just take this story here and I'll put it aside. There, it's over there now. And I'll get to that when we get into the next hour. Because look, there's some serious stories that we'll take a look at this morning. But this one here. No, no. Those of you who love your pumpkin spice, and I wrote an article this morning, it's on the Wake Up Wyoming site, that pumpkin spice is a cult because they've tried making pumpkin spice everything, including pumpkin spice garbage bags for your kitchen, pumpkin spice peanut butter. It's a cult. Pumpkin spice body wash and deodorant. It's a cult. But this story says, by the way, pumpkin spice, it turns out, is racist. Oh, it has a history, a violent history, and is fraught with colonization. So if you love your pumpkin spice, big wave in Casper, I have known for years that Tony the Tiger was racist. Exactly. And I bet your parents fed you that stuff morning after morning. You had no idea. 642, wake up one. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on air, online, and on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is K2 Radio. 6.48 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay. All right. All right. We've got to get this out of the way because I think... I think it really does not do well for the economy. We'll talk about it with Frank Gambino. Frank, when we get into the finals here, you know, baseball, I mean, these are the last few games of the season. Right. And it ends quickly. That means there's a lot of advertisers that didn't get to advertise, and that's like a lot of money not spent. Right. If, if, if Especially like in baseball, if yeah. it doesn't go seven games, well, I, I think that that's all figured out by, by the end. So yeah. if they didn't spend all their money, there's different avenues to spend their money. I'm sure they'll find a way, yeah. I, but now, as far as the baseball team's going, that's a lot of advertising. Well, that. yeah, and, and I think, you know, when, when you have playoff games like like that in the World Series, not only that, it's it's your concession money, yeah. your merchandise oh, money, yeah. your yeah. ticket money. I mean, there's, uh, the longer you play, the more money you can make. Sure, <laughs> so to your point, there's a lot of local vendors in Ab- that oh, case. Oh, absolutely, and, that, and there's many, many, many branches to that. 
everything that may be around various stadiums, not so much in in Phoenix, you know, uh, it seems that the stadium sits kind of like all by itself downtown, but in other places like Denver and Chicago and yeah. even with Arlington where the Texas Rangers play at, there's a lot of stuff going on over there. So okay. it's all... It's all tr- the trickle-down effect. Yeah, it, it really is. Okay, so to it, to your point, again, does it look like that they lost a lot of money on this, or did this game go... Well, I'll say this, is that the TV ratings for this World Series may yeah. be the lowest ever. Really? They think they only maybe, uh, maybe not, I mean, like, low, 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 uh, even lower than last year. The highest-rated World Series since 2016 was in 2016 when the Chicago Cubs beat the Cleveland Indians, and the Cubs hadn't won a title in over 100 years. So this one between Texas and Arizona, which Texas won yesterday, uh, the lowest-rated World Series. Okay, could that, last point that I'm just asking about here, could that also be... Because there were a couple of teams in there that no one really cared about. But that's probably true. And yeah. maybe, uh, maybe you know they were both wild card teams, and they weren't big market teams. I'm tired right. of hearing yeah. that. I'm yeah. just absolutely tired of hearing that. And the world does not have to revolve around Chicago, New York, and Los Angeles okay. and Boston. I yeah. did see it was up on one of my social media accounts. Some guy way up in the nosebleed <laughs> section took a bunch. Did you see this? No. Took a bunch of tin cans beer cans, and put them up in a pyramid and challenged the pitcher from way down on the field to hit the top can, which he did first high. No way. Yes. And someone wrote in the meme there, so now you know why these guys get paid so much. Yeah, that's accuracy for you right there. The state high school volleyball tournament starts this afternoon at the Ford Center in Casper. And 4A Kelly Walsh is the defending champion. They come in at 24-7. and They'll meet 27-8 and Campbell County at 2.30. The first 4A match at 1 p.m. will have Thunder Basin at 31-4, and taking on Riverton, who's 17-15. Also in 4A, Laramie with a record of 30-1 and takes on 27-8 and Star Valley at 4.30. Then at 6, Cody with a record of 24-2 and meets 23-13 and Cheyenne East. In 3A, defending champion Mountain View is 29 and 7. They'll face 23 and 10 Wheatland at 2.30. A Buffalo at 26 and 4 plays 20 and 14 Worland at, at, at 1 o'clock. Douglas comes in at 25 and 11. They'll take on 26 and 11 Lyman at 4.30. And Powell will take on Torrington at 6 p.m. Powell is 25 and 6 and Torrington is 13 and 20. Over in 2A, Burns is the defending champion, but they're just 15 and 18 this season. They'll draw 18 and 12 Shoshone at 4.30 today. Bighorn at 26 and 9 plays 8 and 18 Big Piney at 1. Tongue River at 17 and 11 entertains Rocky Mountain at 2.30 and Rocky is 12 and 16. At 6 p.m., Grable with a record of 25 and 7 plays 14 and 13 Pine Bluffs. In 1A, Riverside is the defending champion. They enter the state tournament with a record of 18 and 14. They have a tough first round draw with 27 and 2 Upton at 1 at 1 p.m. And at 2.30 at Snake River at 27 and 3 meeting 18 and 10 Hewlett at 4.30 Southeast at 17 and 9 plays Burlington who comes in at 16 and 16. Then at 6 p.m., Cokeville at 24 and 11 draws 9 and 15 Guernsey. The semifinals of the State High School Volleyball Tournament will be tomorrow, and the championship matches will be on Saturday at 4.30 at the Ford Center in Casper. Junior College Volleyball, Casper College, the number one seed from the North, lost their first round match to Trinidad in the first round of the Region 9 Tournament in Sterling, Colorado, in a thrilling match. 25-18, 22-25, 24-26, 25-23, and 18-16. So the Birds are in the loser's bracket. They'll play McCook, Nebraska, this afternoon. LCCC from Cheyenne advanced to the winner's bracket 
with a come-from-behind win over Western Nebraska in that Region 9 tournament in Sterling. The Golden Eagles lost the first two sets, 25-19, 25-18, and then won the next three, 25-23, 25-13, and 25-11. LCCC will host NJC, who is 31-2 on the year, and they'll be at 6 p.m. tonight. Legendary college basketball coach Bobby Knight passed away at the age of 83. He led Indiana to three national championship games and won over 900 games in his career, and Knight loved Wyoming. He fished here a lot in his lifetime and had some property in the Sheridan area. Cantankerous guy, love him or hate him, but he was he was entertaining for sure. And that's why, okay, that explains it to me. Every time I walk by a television this morning, and we have several in this building here, I would see Bobby Knight on there. And yeah. I kept wondering, what, what is that all about? Well, now I know. Oh, Bobby Knight brought his Texas Tech team to Casper for the shootout. Uh-huh. They had a practice, and he, they walked. Wow. From the event center, way up on the hill, all the way to a downtown hotel mm. for a lunch. And I'm like, okay. Okay. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of. News time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Mod. Six at a time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Thursday. I swear I can see the weekend from here. 888 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. I did take some serious news. I started with some serious news. Good news. Pushed it aside for just a moment, just because you got to hear what's landed in front of me over the past few minutes. First story, I covered last hour. The Audubon Society, among a couple of others, want to get together and rename about 80 birds to start with because their names are racist. Birds. Yeah. Any bird that was named after a person who might have owned slaves, right, or had said or done anything which they don't consider to be politically correct, if you will, those birds need to be renamed. Right. You can't have any thing to anybody, whether it's the name of a school, whatever it might be. If you look into that person's past and you can find something bad about them, then you've got to cancel them from history. Even if they did a lot of good things but have one bad stain, you can't look at the good things because there's that one bad stain. Therefore, they have to be canceled. So bird names have to be changed because some birds are named after People that have sketchy pass. All right, now, put that aside. There's this one. For those that are into pumpkin spice, and I did write an article this morning, it's on the Wake Up Wyoming site, about the cult of pumpkin spice. I mean, if you like your pumpkin spice this time of year, that's fine. Personally, I like pumpkin spice muffins. Those are really good. But most of what's out there that's supposed to be pumpkin spice... I mean, it gets ridiculous. Uh, Shampoos, body wash, deodorants, to name a few things. Pumpkin spice peanut butter, oh dear God, stop it. But now, now, we got to cancel pumpkin spice. Because according to the Washington Post, pumpkin spice has a violent history and is fraught with colonization. In 2023, this year, the Washington Post discovered the cutthroat spice trade of previous centuries 
And that's how we're supposed to decide whether we like pumpkin spice or not. So for those of you out there getting your pumpkin spice latte, realize you're getting something that is wrought with a history of colonization and God knows what else. Here's a quote from the story. Some spices are part of a natural course of trade, said Sarah Wasberg Johnson, a food historian. It just happens that the main spices in pumpkin spice are fraught with colonization and a dark history. Fraught with colonization and colonizer histories. That's a journalist or academic code for the history of evil white people or something like that. Because only evil people have ever you know, decided that they like pumpkin spice and they'll do anything to get it by God. You don't understand. This is pumpkin spice. They'll do anything. Okay, uh, nutmeg, can't go after nutmeg. I mean, that complicate things, right? How are you supposed to cook? If we went through this, let's take a look at salt, for example. If I were to do a history of salt, you would find all sorts of bad things that happen in history as people try to get salt, which was really important. Salt, for most of its history, has not been about flavoring food. Before we used refrigeration, salt was about preserving food. It was really important. I mean, really important. And when you took a look at what people, let's go back and take a look at what people did to get salt and how it was traded. Uh, wars were fought over salt. Okay, There was slavery over salt, genocide over salt. I'm not exaggerating that. So if they're going to go after pumpkin spice, you can't use salt anymore. All right. The story says from the Washington Post, it is true that if we didn't consume food that we hadn't been uh, touched by slavery or indigenous displacement, we wouldn't be eating a lot of food. But whenever foods enter the pop culture lexicon the way pumpkin spice has in the U.S., it's important to acknowledge how it reached us. Is it really? So you got to go through the whole back story of this. Here's another from a website called Level. How racism founded a home, uh, I'm sorry, how racists found a home in pumpkin spice culture. Oh, wait, I skipped a word. I'm sorry. I'm going to go back and read that again. How racism found a home in pumpkin spice latte culture. Oh, so for those of you getting a latte, pumpkin spice latte is associated with white women. This is, I'm not saying this. This is what the article says. Um, and evil people should feel bad about themselves or something like that. Okay. Uh, oh, it goes on like that. But you get the idea that, uh, once again, something that you enjoy, you're supposed to stop enjoying. Because one day, way back in the past, somebody did something that's considered, I mean, just not good. And therefore, we have to stop it all. You're not allowed to do it anymore. Morning, Chris. Chris is in Glenrock. Glenn, if we are canceling people because of a sketchy past, when will we cancel all politicians? Good point. In fact, Chris, some years ago, somebody wrote an article that the Democrat Party should be canceled. As people on the hardcore left wanted to cancel everything that ever had a sketchy past, Everybody and everything. Therefore, the entire Democrat Party has to be canceled. When you think about its sketchy past with slavery, the Jim Crow laws, the KKK, to name a few. 
So we have to cancel the Democrat Party altogether if that's what they want to do. And we'll have to cancel the Republican Party, too. Sorry, Republicans, but while you don't have the past that the Democrats do, you still have to worry about, like, Watergate, stuff like that. We have to cancel your past. Sorry, we're just going to have to. Rianne and Fort Danger. Why do people go along with this? Okay, I think, Rianne, actually, most people don't go along with this. Rianne, I think what happens is we have people who work for the news media who have to find something to write about. And so they write about stuff like this because they're taught in journalism school. You have to find the controversial angle. Remember what I've been saying this since I was a teenager on my school newspaper? That the news media doesn't report news. They report controversy and hype. And when they cannot find it, they will create it. But the there are maybe a few people out there that actually go with this. You know, renaming the birds and I can't I can't drink or eat pumpkin spice. There's a few people out there, but the vast majority of people will look at the story, roll their eyes, and continue on. All the Washington Post cares about, or any other so-called news outlet, is that they get activity. Someone clicks on the story. Someone shares the story. Something like that. All right. And then there's this one. An Arizona teacher is on leave after dressing up as the devil and telling his students to hail Satan. Arizona high school teacher reportedly placed on leave for dressing up as the devil. According to a local news outlet, one of the students in the teacher's class, a sophomore, said last week that he noticed the instructor wearing devil horns and a pitchfork. Uh, the teacher involved in the situation said the reason why he dressed up that way was, well, Halloween. I mean, come on. Participating in the spirit of all of that. Okay. Now, I could go on with this, but I'll just end it with, with this. There are far worse things happening in our schools right now than that, and they're not being canceled. 7.15, wake up. Everything you need to start your morning. Coffee, sarcasm, weirdness. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Seven twenty is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Universities across the country get all sorts, besides tuition money, they get all sorts of donations from people who were alumni, constantly asking for donations for the universities to keep them going for all sorts of things. And, of course, they get money from the states and federal money, which I think is part of the problem, all of this extra money coming in from different sources, but another topic for another day. Sometimes, though, that can teach the university a valuable lesson because as universities have become more leftist, more woke, not only are fewer people going to them for that very reason. And by the way, I do have a really good story this morning about public schools, how they're losing so many students to homeschooling. Homeschooling is rocketing way, I mean, way out of control, which is a good thing. But as far as the universities are going... They're losing a lot of students, too, for many reasons. One of the reasons is because of their woke policies. So first, I want to play. This is from one of the Fox News 
programs that happens during the day when they were talking about anti-Semitism on college campus. Anti-Semitism at American universities becoming even more brazen. More than 100 Columbia professors signing a letter defending the students who, who endorsed Hamas's military action. Jewish students say it's actions like these that are making them feel unsafe on campus. See now, dis distinguished professors signing on. These are these are people who we know to be, or who we had had previously at least considered to be experts in their field. I guess not. Um, and at the very least, people to to respect and to see now that they are really setting up a. I, I mean, it, it really just shows that this will be a, a very long... Generational. A, it's, a, it's a generational thing. It will be a long battle. They are willing to back up the students who are clearly, clearly in the wrong. Okay, so you get the idea. Okay, these professors, well, we trusted them. We thought these professors were, I mean, people that we should trust because, well, they're college professors. They're experts in their field, right? All right, so the headline of this story is because of this... There's many universities out there that just within the past few weeks have lost billions of dollars from supporters. These are people who've gone on to become successful, and because they're successful, they donate to the university that they think helped make them successful. They'll have all sorts of fundraisers, money will be raised to make sure that these universities have a lot of influx of not just student tuition, not just state and federal funds, Okay. But it goes on from there. Uh, it State, federal funds, but also money that comes in from, ex, from rich donors. Headline, anti-Semitism has billionaires bailing out on Ivy League schools. Story says billionaires are pulling back on donations from Ivy League colleges amid allegations of anti-Semitism and anti-Israel sentiment that have become more visible in the wake of Hamas attack. And so the Hamas October 7 terror attack killed, and it talks about what the terror attack was. We'll skip over that. Some elite Ivy League colleges where the controversy was most intense are among those largest endowments of all higher education institutions, which prompted billionaire donors to push back against anti-Semitism, just basically about that donation. Never mind. Harvard University, which used to be... I mean, an American institution was Harvard, Yale, Princeton, these big universities. If you went there, if you had that on your resume, oh, dear Lord. I mean, you're in. What, what kind of job do you want where? People see that on your resume. That was a big deal. It took a lot to get into those universities. They didn't just let anybody in. You really needed to be a top-notch student. And not just a top-notch student with the best grades, but also the kind of person who is active in your community, in civic groups, you know, giving to your community, things like this. The application process for universities like this was more than just getting good grades. It was about what kind of a person you were in your community. That's what they were looking for. They wanted the best, the brightest. They wanted to make sure that those people who grad, not just attended, but graduated, were going to go on to great things. That way it would help their reputation stay on top as a university. Not anymore. Harvard University had the largest endowment of all U.S. universities, fiscal year 2022, with a market value of $49.4 in funding. Did you know that? 
Harvard University. $49.4 billion in funding, according to the National Association of College Universities. Harvard has been a focal point for clashes over this whole Middle East thing, and well, in others as well, but that was one of the big ones. Uh, the Wexter Foundation, named for a billionaire and former Victoria's Secret CEO, Les Wexer, informed Harvard it is no longer partners with them. And they've worked with them for decades. The foundation explained it is terminating the relationship for what it called the dismal failure of Harvard's leadership to take clear and unequivocal stand against barbaric murders of innocent people. I would actually go over beyond that. I would say at the same time, take a look at many other woke policies at these universities over the years. And you should have pulled your money a long time ago. But let's read on. Billionaire Citadel CEO, who has donated $500 million to Harvard, including $300 million in the current academic year, urged Harvard administrators to take a stance condemning Hamas, or he's going to pull his money. Bill Ackman, the billionaire founder and CEO of Pershing Square Capital Management, was one of several executives to call for the names of students' signatures to be removed from policies. He wants some action right now or he's pulling his money. The University of Pennsylvania's endowment ranks seventh in the nation for physical year 2022 with a market value of $20.7 billion in funding. UPenn was embroiled in controversy before Hamas and then after it, well, Apollo Global Management led the group of alumni donors in calling for the resignation of the president of the university or they're going to pull their money. UPenn Clifford uh, Assens, co-founder of AQR Capital Management, also halted donations. Same reason. Columbia alumni, Columbia University, one billionaire, Leon Copperman, chairman and CEO of Omega Advisors, who started Goldman Sachs, that guy, halting donations. And he so far has given $50 million to the university, but he's like, that's it, I'm, I'm out. He added that such uh, Ivy League colleges have blank for brains. Yeah, and decided that, just forget it. And I get, I could have told him that a long time ago. A long time ago, they should have pulled their money for various other reasons. But this one, I, I it, one of the biggest I've seen yet, and it's, it, the universities, in some cases, in some cases, are actually even encouraging students with their anti-Semitic behavior. If in other cases, just refusing to condemn it. But in many cases, even encouraging it, college professors helping the students out. The students get, didn't get these ideas. The students that are protesting and supporting Hamas didn't get these ideas on their own. They got it from somebody somewhere. And in many cases, it was these university professors that get paid big salaries to teach your kids this garbage. All right. Now it's costing universities. Hopefully they wake up. We'll see what happens. Coming up on 7.30, local news coming your way right after local news update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it again. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. That's 888-97-WOODS. Wake up, Wyoming. My.
Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods. More stimulating than that first cup of coffee. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven thirty-six. The time it's wake up, Wyoming. Rick, you've really made a great point. I'm going to tell everybody. Rick is in Cheyenne. He's messaging me off the Wake Up Wyoming app. So if you just missed it, what I was talking about was universities, the big ones, you know, Harvard, Yale, big universities like this, the Ivy League ones. And there's been a lot of pro-Hamas demonstrations by students. Now, those students didn't learn this from their parents. In the vast majority of cases, they learned it from their college professors. But also other woke nonsense I'm saying nonsense because the word I really want to use and I'm not allowed to say on, on radio. And because of that, they've been losing just a lot of donations. And these donations are made by successful people who believe in the university. These donations are made by billionaires. And they, and they send billions of dollars in to these universities because they want young people to have what they had, the education and the opportunity that came not just for them, but for the nation. It's a good thing for the nation. If these universities turn out the best and the brightest that America has to offer. But these universities have gone so whacked out radical that they're not doing anything good for the nation or anybody else. Okay, so Rick in Cheyenne. Good morning, Glenn. For business schools that study business and teach business, they certainly are making poor business decisions. You got it. Now, let me do that again, because Rick's right. For schools that study business and teach business, they are certainly making poor business decisions. Now, on that note, which means you should send them somewhere else, send your kids somewhere else, because these universities no longer know how to teach business, or anything else for that matter. This is what they're doing to your kids. When you see these Hamas pro-Hamas demonstrations, this is what they're teaching your kids. Send them somewhere else. Now, on that note, let's go more to the local level. School board candidate. Let's see. Where is this one? Uh, it's a leftist choice. I want to see where is it. Okay. This is in... It's a school board meeting in, I think it's um, Minnesota. I think it's where they have this. Okay. Anyway. School board candidate. Academic is less important than ideology, he says. Let's see if I can hear his actual quote here. When my wife and I were looking at schools and everything, where we wanted to move, we wanted a place that was affordable, and we wanted a place where we knew they could grow up to be whoever they grew up to be, whoever they loved. And that's why we're in Minnesota, because we knew that whoever our boys would grow up to be, they were growing up in a safe space. And we need to make sure that that happens in our buildings as well. Um, I don't think we can ignore our kids feelings and just focus on the task at hand i don't think we can just put our heads down and pretend the world is all about academics when our kids are wrestling with real issues about uh mental health tied to the changes that they're going through in puberty and who uh, they might okay be so you see now we have to worry more about these issues than what actually you sent your kid to go to school for now the kinds of issues he's talking about are the parents should be dealing with not the school these are issues. If your kids are wrestling with these issues, that's what the parents are there for. But his idea is, you know, it's not as, you know, academics is not as important as all of these other issues. That's someone who you don't want in the school. As a school board member, I would 
definitely not vote for him. Get low to this, though. Headline, homeschooling taking off like a rocket. Can you guess why? Homeschooling has become, by a wide margin, America's fastest-growing form of education. The the analysis, based on data uh, that was collected over thousands of school districts across the country, reveal a dramatic change. And I'm looking at a graph here. So, across the nation, public schools, and we're talking as a whole across the nation, okay? Not, Not maybe your local school district, but looking across the nation. Public schools have lost membership, if you will, students. There's less people going. They're not growing. Private schools are up about 7% nationwide. Homeschooling national average, keep that in mind, average, is about 51% increase in homeschooling. Wow, this is huge. That's, That's a massive number. The story says, as disturbing as recent trends have been K-12 education, this author says, I suspect what has pushed parents out of the public school system is something much more than basic than intellectual trends or abstract statistics. Most parents don't think to apply their own kids or, or out of the, pull their own kids out of schools. because Well, they think, it, I'll, I'll go ahead and summarize it. Basically, they think that they're not abandoning the schools. The schools have abandoned them. The resulting analysis, which includes, it says, school registration figures for nearly 7,000 individual school districts, most detailed look at growth of Americans' homeschooling. Homeschooling has become, by a wide margin, Americans' fastest-growing form of education. Wow. A lot is changing. And I think we understand why. 742 Wake Up Wyoming. If it matters in Wyoming, it matters to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888-97-WOODS and make your voice heard. AM 1030, K2 Radio. 745 is the time. Wake Up Wyoming off. We go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Don, when I take a look at the forecast for the next few days, it looks like, uh, let's talk relatively here, the temperatures don't move a whole lot. We stay about where we are. Yeah, they're going to stay very steady. When you have a, uh, a flow with the pattern with the winds aloft that go west to east, you're generally going to see very little change because you're not bringing in warmer air from the south. You're not bringing in colder air from the north. So you tend to have steady temperatures. Okay, so does that make that several nice days-ish? Yeah, nice. Okay. Of course, this is all relative to yeah. the person. Right. As I have found out, what is right. nice to one person is not to somebody else. But yeah. for you and me, Glenn, yeah. let's just talk about you and me. Okay. Yeah, not not bad for November. Okay, not bad for November. And and that's saying a lot right there, not bad for November. Then. Now, there is a bit of a change-up as we get through the weekend, but I don't still look at anything radical. It looks to me like we're being eased in the wintertime. Yeah, well, the, the only exception to that will be the northern and northwest counties of the state. If okay. you're planning a trip to Jackson, if you're planning to go up into the northern Bighorn Basin up near the Montana border, there's going to be some rain and snow up there over the next few days. But it's going to stay, it's not going to move. It's just going to kind of stay up there. But the rest of the state, uh, to your point, through the weekend and probably into Monday and Tuesday, there just won't be much going on. Now, after that, there's a bit of a change. 
I do expect it to be colder by the middle of next week, and that, and that might bring in some better rain and snow chances. Okay, now does that colder come in with the, sometimes those systems coming kind of hard, or does it just get colder? I wouldn't call it a big storm, okay. uh, but but it will it will drop temperatures, and uh, I do think that uh, the the shift of the rain and snow that's to our north and west will come into the central and southern parts of the state again. Not a big storm system, but it's it's a sign of of things beginning to change a bit. But right now, I think if if we were to look at the two highlights of the weather, windy and mild on the plains, snowy in the far northwest corner of the state, and that's pretty much your forecast for five days. Okay, and I would just advise anyone who's already looking at the family coming around for Thanksgiving, don't even ask Don yet. Would I be right about that? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's funny you said that. I've already gotten that question. I got that yesterday. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. What's Thanksgiving going to be like? Well, I can tell you what may be on your dinner table, but yeah, that's, that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. And I, as for the family, there's several people you're going to enjoy having there and other people you're going to want to kick out. <laughs> that's all we know. All right. Thank you, Don. Don Day with Day with. Yeah, it's too early for him to do that whole forecast thing for Thanksgiving. But as we get closer, off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Now, of course, Frank, since we've lost Bobby Knight, and as you said, Bobby Knight, you know, had some Wyoming residents. He, as well. He, yeah. well, he uh, fished here for years. Yeah. Uh, a, a, a Facebook friend of mine put a picture of him fishing with Bobby Knight, uh, and he's from Lander, like in the Lander area. Yeah. He uh, bought some property, I believe, at the Powderhorn Golf Course uh-huh. um, uh, in Sheridan. Uh-huh. Um, when he was here in Casper, and he was the coach of Texas Tech, I mean, I, I mentioned this earlier this morning, you know, they had a practice session for the Cowboys shootout at the event center, and he was going to speak at a luncheon uh, at one of the hotels in downtown Casper, and he would never do that. He was kind of talked into that by Homer Scott from Sheridan, who recently passed away, and Homer was a big-time philanthropist and, and knew Bobby Knight. So they walked from the event center center all the way down to the Parkway Plaza Hotel and then he gave this this luncheon speech and you know he's he's a you know cantankerous guy and can be really gnarly and everything else he was fantastic he hysterical and telling about speeding tickets he's had in Wyoming and, and okay <laughs> you know and so that and this being said Wyoming plays Texas Tech in the game in the basketball game and then didn't he didn't speak to the media at all he gotcha. just, he yeah. just told, told the the sports information guy, just, no. Never mind. So now, of course, when the media and a lot of other people think about Bobby Knight, I don't know a lot about. The first thing I think of, oh, yeah, the guy who threw that chair. Yeah, he threw the chair yeah, all the way okay. across the court. Yeah. yeah okay. and, you know, but besides <laughs> that, though, what can we say good about him? Well, he won three national. He won over nine hundred games. He was the coach of the Army. Won three national championships at Indiana. I mean, uh, they were a tough group, and they played some very hard nosed basketball. He was a, um, it, it, but but you know, on the other end, you know, I mean, he's you know, braiding players. He's choking players. He's grabbing like students it, by it, the it, arm. It choked you know. a player. Well, just kind of grabbed them by the neck. Oh, okay, bit. okay. Just just to it. emphasize the point of just, defense. Yeah, I see. Or so, offense. One so of this is not one of your uh, guys who's part of the group and family he's one of these guys who he's just really tough to work for um he's a tough he was a tough coach yeah, tough coach okay. but, but he but. loved it here in wyoming yeah okay so all right so we're gonna have to see a lot about him for the next few days i'm sure how old was he do you know 83 83 years old that's a good long life there very productive a very successful life. life very productive so life. cool and then he comes here to fish so at that point, Frank, I can't think of anything bad to say about the guy other than whenever he showed up somewhere for whatever event, 
Take the folding chairs and hide them. Other than that, you would have really loved the guy. Yeah, and take him fishing, and he's your friend for life. State High School Volleyball Tournament starts this afternoon at the Ford Center in Casper in 4A. Kelly Walsh is the defending champion. They come in at 24-7. and They will meet 27-8 and Campbell County at 2.30. In the first 4A match at 1 p.m. today, we'll have Thunder Basin at 31-14 and on Riverton, who comes in at 17-15. and Also in 4A, Laramie with a record of 30-1 and meets 27-8 and Star Valley at 4.30. Then at 6, Cody at 24-2 and will meet 23-13 and Cheyennese. In 3A, defending champion is Mountain View, and they are 29-7. and They come in in the face 23 and 10 Wheatland at 2:30 this afternoon. Buffalo at 26 and 4 plays 20 and 14 Worland at 1. Douglas is 25 and 11 and will meet 26 and 11 Lyman at 4:30 and then Powell with a mark of 25 and 6 plays Torrington at 6 p.m. and the Blazers come in at 13 and 20. Over in 2A Burns is the defending champion. The Bronx are just 15 and 18 this year and they draw 18 and 12 Shoshone at 4:30 this afternoon. Bighorn at 26 and 9 will play 8 and 18 Big Piney at 1 p.m. Tongue River at 17 and 11 will under 12 and 16 Rocky Mountain at 2.30. Then at 6 o'clock, Grable with a record of 25 and 7 will play 14 and 13 Pine Bluffs. 1A Riverside, the defending champion. They enter the state tournament with a record of 18 and 14. They have a tough first round draw with 27 and 2 Upton at 1 p.m. 2.30. That matches at 1 p.m. Then at 2.30, it's Little Snake River at 27 and 3, meeting 18 and 10 Hewlett at 4.30 Southeast at 17 and 9. will play Burlington. They are 16 and 16. Then at 6 o'clock, Cokeville at 24 and 11 plays 9 and 15 Guernsey. The semifinals of the state volleyball tournament will be tomorrow, and the championship matches will be on Saturday at the Ford Center in Casper. Juco Volleyball, Casper College, the number one seed from the North, lost their first round match to Trinidad in the opening round of the Region 9 tournament in Sterling, Colorado yesterday within a thrilling match. 25-18, 22-25, 24-26, 25-23, and 18-16, so the T-Birds will play McCook, Nebraska in a loser-out game this afternoon. LCCC from Cheyenne advanced to the winner's bracket with a come from behind win over Western Nebraska in the Region 9 tournament. The Golden Eagles lost the first sets, 25-19, 25-18, and then won the next three, 25-23, 25-13, and 25-11. L Triple play NJC in the second round tonight, and NJC is 31-2. and College football, the Wyoming Cowboys hosting Colorado State in the Border War on Friday night in Laramie. The game ball ceremony will be today between the ROTC units from both schools that will meet at the Wyoming-Colorado border. And then they're the, they run the ball from Fort Collins to Laramie. The game is on Friday night, by the way. That's a 6 p.m. start. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KOWB in Laramie. And they literally run the ball. Right, yes. Yeah, they actually do. So they, like- the, 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 Fort, the CSU ROTC will run it from Fort Collins okay. to the border. They have a little ceremony. The ADs are there. The coaches are there. The cheerleaders are there and everything else. And then the, the Wyoming contingent ROTC runs it all the way back to Laramie. Okay. I'm just glad it's not one guy. It would take a while. Well, well it, it does. That's, yeah. But that's part of it. Especially the uphill part. And the downhill yeah. part. Yeah, so you don't want to go, oh, oh. Okay. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update and your weather forecast. Then we get into open phones. Let's wake up Wyoming. Six of the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I got a whole bunch of Wyoming news for you. This 
segment and regional news you guys are really going to like, I think, uh, some of these stories. You're really going to enjoy. But also, at the same time, it's open phones. The most dangerous time every single... I don't just do this on Fridays like a lot of hosts. Every single day, you get some open phones. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. 888 what's the phone number? That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. And of course, you can talk about what I'm talking about, change the subject however you want to do it. That's fine. As long as you're not an obnoxious jerk like Dave from San Francisco, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. All right, so I promised you guys you were going to have something that would really make you happy. I started the program with this. And I think it's probably the best news that we in Wyoming and surrounding areas have had in a while. And I say surrounding because it does involve several different states. I started this morning with it, but you guys need to hear it too. Those who join later. Judge dismisses climate activists seeking to stifle drilling permits. Now, these drilling permits go back a ways. There are some groups like uh, the Center for Biological Diversity and Wild Earth Guardians that tried to file a lawsuit, which was almost 300 pages long, big lawsuit, that would basically cancel every lease on federal land going back to 2021. Yeah, any permits, any permits. That means old permits would be canceled too. Which means work, not just in Wyoming, but surrounding areas would come to a screeching halt. The suit, it says, aimed to shut down drilling permits in Wyoming that would close about 900 applications. More in New Mexico, other surrounding areas. I said nearly 300 pages. 254-page complaint. And it talks about the impact of climate change on allowing all of these drilling. Now, listen to this, if you would, and think about how I can relate with what they're complaining about to what they refuse to complain about. They Three different points. They worry about endangered species being pushed to extinction by human-caused climate change. What about endangered species being pushed to extinction by being chewed up by wind turbines? Or solar panels that take over vast areas that cover up land that endangered species need? And then the degradation of public lands. Well, Well, let's go back to what I just said. The degradation of public lands... All of those wind turbines and all of the the massive footprint of all of these solar farms. But they don't want to talk about that. Negative effects of greenhouse gas emissions. Well, again, we can go ahead and talk about the fact that CO2 is not a pollutant. It's actually good that it's in the air. It's life-giving, makes things greener. I've been through all of that. All right, so uh, they talk, and this is part of what the judge had to say in in answering this, but also what just needs to be thought about is how much these oil companies, and they're not all big companies. Most oil companies are little mom and pop organizations. 
how much they contribute. Yeah, tax revenue, fine. They do contribute a lot in tax revenue. That's schools, that's roads, you know, things like this. That's keeping warm in the wintertime. But then we also have to take a look at how much they contribute just to the economy in general. That's jobs for people. Okay, that's food, that's commerce, that's jobs. So th- those companies contribute a lot, and they wanted to shut down these so-called environmentalists, but I don't believe that they are, wanted to shut down everything from 2021 till today if it was a lease. Anyway, the judge said no. So, okay, nice to see that was shot down. They'll be back, I'm sure. But that was like almost a 300-page complaint that they filed there. And I don't think really Wild Earth Guardians and groups like that care if they win or lose. Because essentially these are, they don't really care so much about the environment. If they did, they would try to stop wind and solar. They don't care so much about that. They're actually more interested, rather than uh, the environment, in making money as a law firm. This is what they do. They're law firms that sue the federal government, and they make money from the federal government by suing the federal government. It's a business model, trust me. Off to the phones we go. Again, 888 woods the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. On the lines right now. Hey, Jude. Hey, good morning. That's, um, they're called the Wildlands Project. You were talking about it earlier today. Yeah, right. And it's being put into place in every planning and zoning office in the state of Wyoming. In fact, across the country. Yeah. And what they do is they go in and they talk these dumbass farmers into going, putting their property, you know, X number of acreage into uh, conservation. And then it runs in perpetuity. They can never, ever use that land again for cattle ranching or farming or anything else. And that's why I'm always warning these guys out here in Wyoming. Do not put your stuff in conservation. You want to save your property for your kids? Put it in a trust. That way the state doesn't take 40, what is it, 48% or 52. It's like 48 or 56% of your property uh, by taxes when you die. So if you stick it in a trust, they don't get it. Um, Trump tried to fix that with the inheritance uh, executive order, but uh, Biden reversed it first thing he was in office. So that's yeah. that's who they are, Wildlands Project, and so is the Audubon right. Society. They're part of that nasty thing, too. Yeah. And... That's what's going on with that 3030 project of beautifying America that's going on down in Rock Springs right now, is they're trying to kill off all oil and gas and natural gas and coal mine and everything else. And I can't see our legislators standing up for it. I've been watching them the last week or so, and I'm I'm thoroughly disgusted with uh, Steinmetz and uh, Crickle and uh, Jimmy Anderson and Overmuller and, you know, all of these guys that just don't flat out care what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I would like to see, not just from our legislators, but we could use a governor that our governor fights some, but not nearly hard enough. You know, and we also see what side well, he's on. because he doesn't have but, good lawyers. Right. And he our, needs a good attorney general in this yeah. state. Um, he's got the one, the one woman and she bows down to anything that goes on, and his other one, 
I wouldn't hire him in, you know, small claims court. Yeah. Let okay. alone, you need a powerhouse attorney if you're going to fight these guys. And we should have stepped on board on a lot of this stuff a long time ago. Right. Rather than worrying about our big fat coffers. Yeah. You know, and our cans of money laying around for wind towers and solar farms and walking trails and, you know, all of this other CRP. But, uh, that's that's the point here is they're they're after Wyoming because we are one of the largest energy producers. Yeah. And if we don't stop these guys in dead in their tracks, even with Rocky Mountain Power, you know, twenty eight percent increase, thirty percent increase, what are they nuts? Right. And then they want another you one know? next year after that. So Yeah, yeah. So anyway, you're on track with it, honey, this morning. So All right. Thank you, Jude. I appreciate walk it. On. All right, so let's take a look at what Mike and Casper just said. Join the new... I like this, Mike. Join the new eco club. Save CO2. Hmm. You're on to something there. I'm I'm letting that sort of gestate in my brain for a minute here. You're on to something there. Because CO2, again, not only is life-giving, but it makes for a greener planet. It is actually NASA's studies show CO2 is greening the planet. It's good for the planet. So the idea that it's causing catastrophic psych- uh, climate change that we need to sequester it is, is junk science. It's greening, according to NASA's own studies and others as well, it's greening the planet. So if anything, we would want to save CO2, not in the sense of sequester it and get it out, but actually save it to make sure it remains in. Not a bad idea. All right, some other stories that are going to make you happy and your phone calls. 816, wake up my own. Take Glenn anywhere with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Hey, 21's the time. So our Wyoming Superintendent of Public Construction, a better name for that is School Marm, a name I came up with years ago, just our Wyoming School Marm. Which works a whole lot better when our superintendent is female. I don't like it when we have a male superintendent because it's tougher to say school marm. It tends to fit a lady. But anyway, so she is offering some guidance to our schools on sexually graphic materials in schools. The short, I'll give you the short story here, and then I'll get into what Cowboy State Daily wrote, which is a very good article. But when she took the job as Wyoming school superintendent... She had heard a lot about some books that are in Wyoming public schools that were considered to be objectionable, and she worried about what that meant. So, being a person who tends to think a little bit, she didn't just go with the rhetoric. She went to the school libraries and looked at the books to see what are they talking about and found that, oh, Lord, yeah, actually there are some books. No matter what side you come down on on, of the issue of what these books are trying to teach, it was a matter of graphic material in the book, which is something that you and I had talked about before. I really didn't like, when I saw what was in these books, what exactly is the graphic material in the books? What's the problem here? And it gets graphic to the point that some of this stuff, I can't describe it to you on air or I would get in serious trouble. All right. And I'm allowed to say pretty much anything I want, but I can't describe that stuff. You have to go see it for yourself. It's really graphic. So... 
The story in Cowboy State Daily, when parents across Wyoming complained to her last year about sexually graphic books in schools, the state superintendent, or school marm, was skeptical. She said Wednesday at a press conference held at the Capitol in Cheyenne, but parents responded with the same complaints all over the state, so she had questions. And, and this is a quote, and unfortunately, the concerns I heard as I traveled around the states were well-founded. I've now seen materials with my own eyes in different areas of the state, books currently available in all school libraries to minors, to minors, under the age of consent and paid for by taxpayer dollars include graphic depictions of very sexually explicit acts. And not just in words, but in pictures, okay? So, in response, she gra- she gathered together a group of school board members, schools and business professionals and so on, to draft statewide guidance for school districts, searching to beef up their library, and they're looking for what kind of books to put in there. <clears throat> the story says, the guidance is not a mandate, but a template to go by. She doesn't like the idea of banning anything, but on the other hand, here's a template. If you want to talk about the issues described in the book, fine, but you don't have to be so graphic about it. She said any book that a local community determines should be removed from K-12 library should still be easily found for purchase in the marketplace. Now, that's something I've said, and and not taxpayer-funded, which is where I was making the argument on this program. That's not banning the book. If the book is pulled out because of graphic material from the school library, that's not banning the book. Any parent that wants their kid to have that book can go get it. It's available. Rather than it being available for free in the school library, the public, the, the, the parent will actually have to spend their own money, which is fine. It's their money. It's their kid. Go spend your own money and buy that book and give it to your kid. Nobody's stopping you. So our school marm and her uh, communications director offered excerpts from some of the controversial books, including uh, Let's Talk About It, and they named some of the books here, and also some of the objectionable viewpoints, especially those that show sex acts, describe sex acts and show sex acts. Uh, I'll quote, our school supports all students in their journey toward academic achievement, she said. Graphic sexual material in any form does nothing to advance that mission and ultimately distracts from it and costs us the confidence of our parents in our state. This goes back to an article that I was reading earlier this morning about homeschools. You know, I'm a big proponent of school vouchers. And school vouchers, I think, should even go to homeschools. So private schools, charter schools, homeschools. And it shows that across America, as a whole, speaking in very general terms, as a whole, public school participation is declining. Charter schools are up. Private schools are up. What's way up is homeschooling, and not by just a little bit. I mean, way up is homeschooling, which to me, I think is is great. Now, that doesn't mean that there's more homeschoolers out there than there are people in any other kinds of schools. Homeschooling still has a long way to go to catch up to private schools, charter schools, and especially public schools. But we're talking about growth here. The growth of homeschooling has vastly outgrown. I mean, the numbers are huge. Uh, Any of the other types of schools that are out there. And a big part of this has to do not just with the quality of education in schools, 
I mean, parents want to make sure that their kids have an actual education, reading, writing, math. They're motivated. You know, as I've said, I one time dedicated an entire program, and I do a four-hour show here, on raising alpha kids. Parents want to see that. But also this distraction of material like is being discussed here is part of why parents pull it out. When, when the kids come home with all sorts of opinions that don't line up with what the parents want to teach their kids, parents start getting really concerned. Where did you learn that? Where did you hear that? We never taught you that. That's horrible. Why, why are you saying that, they would say to their kids. Well, it's what their teachers were teaching them in school, and so the kids went with it. That's what they heard. We told the kids to believe your teachers, trust your teachers. Your teachers are smart people. They're experts in various fields. Mind your teacher now. Do your homework. Don't act up. Sit there in class. Pay attention. Do what the teacher says. And then the teacher, uh, well, starts teaching very controversial things. Some of them are activists. In fact, I just played for you some uh, a quote this morning from one is in uh, Minnesota, I think it was. Yeah, there was a, someone running for school board who is a teacher himself who believes that schools should be more in line with activism than actually teaching uh, what you would want to send a kid to school for. He was more concerned, not with academic achievement, but with activism. And he flat out said it during a debate for school board. This is part of what is happening in not all, but many public schools around America, which is why in America, parents have a growing concern about what actually happens in the classroom. Thank you, COVID. Many parents had no idea this was going on until kids were told to learn from home and parents could watch the computer screen where they would Skype in or Zoom in for class and see what was actually being taught. And it was a shock to a lot of parents. R.H. Wiggins, Colorado, says, Hi, Glenn, in the school library, Hustler and Penthouse magazine are not available to see and check out. It doesn't mean those magazines are banned. It means they do not belong in the children's library. Good point. That's exactly the point we're making here. Coming up on 830, local news coming your way right after local news update on your weather forecast, and you and I will get back into it. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Six the time. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Before I get on to the next couple of topics here, there's a call I got to take. And then Miss Mary and I had a little bit of a disagreement this morning. And, uh, of course, she's wrong, but I can't tell her that because don't you dare tell the Mary that she's wrong. Greg is in Laramie. Hello, Greg. Hi, Glenn. How you doing today? Good, sir. What I you got? To... Well, I just wanted to have a little more honest discussion about these graphic books. Okay. Um, I, I know people expect that uh, parents will discuss sex with their children, and I think that's a fallacy. I, I think they wait too long and okay. and don't do the right thing. Um, and so when I heard about these graphic books, you know, based on how I grew up, I, I think yeah. graphic books uh, in schools are better than the alternative, which is what I got. I mean, yeah. if you look at um, how I 
Out behind the gym, basically, talking to your friends. Well, talking to your friends, but you also went dumpster diving. So I amassed a very large collection of uh, graphic graphic material (laughs) with plenty of variety. And and today, seventh graders are watching you porn oh, on sure, their sure, yeah. phone. Well, this so, is where parents really need to keep an eye on because, yeah, it is very, I mean, accessible right on their phones. There. Here's what parents are objecting to. There are, are some, and I can't really play it on the air because of what's being said, but there's several videos I found from around the country. This has happened a lot. Parents have gotten up in front of the school board and a parent will read from one of these books, right? And just very graphic language, word for word, what is in the book. And next thing you know, the gavel's being pounded and the school board members are going, whoa, 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 you can't say that here. Why, this is a public facility. You can't do that here. And so now they're about to have the guy arrested for what he's reading out loud in a public place there in, in, gov- in front of government. And the parent will ask, well, if I can't read this in front of you, what's it doing in our library? Well... I would argue that you should be able to read those things yeah. in front of a government because we've lied about sex for so long. Well, we, I'm sure they have to do But what about the, one of the books that wound up here in Wyoming? They can't show this in an actual picture because whoever took the photograph would be arrested for child pornography. But instead, there's a cartoon-style drawing, the kind of cartoon you would see or, or uh, you would see, let's say, art in, let's say, a Marvel comic or something like that. You know, so basically it's a drawing of uh, two boys and they're engaging in oral sex and they're underage. Is that okay with you? Um, well, I'll just say this, mm. that, that again, <laughs> these kids are watching this on Uport without direction yeah. But underage kids, a wait, wait a second, wait a second now. Underage kids engaged in sexual activity like that, if found on the internet, the feds will track down whoever put it up and put that person in jail. I'm not talking about underage children engaging in sex. But underage that's what's in the book. Engage in sex all the yeah, time. but that's what's in the and book. We don't admit these things. Okay, but you see, can you, the Michelle yeah. Obama speech that we don't have locker room talk was yeah. a fallacy. Right? No, <laughs> these I, things are fallacies. That's right. But can you see though? Can you understand the kind of parents who will say now? I and I know parents. They make sure to monitor what their kids have on their phone. You can block stuff. They monitor what the kids do on the internet, and they make sure that stuff is not accessible in their school because they want to teach their kid a different way. Well, I, I hear what people say yeah. in, in public, but what happens in reality is not that. Okay. And so, uh, you know, you're talking about you're talking about maybe five percent of the parents. The okay. rest of them don't have time to do these things. So, so that's what the school's for. So I mean, you're okay. So if that's the case, are you not willing to draw the line anywhere? I mean, pedophilia is out there for public viewing. So uh, well, we, I'll just say this: if you want to read about pedophilia, yeah, uh, just go read the two Catholic uh, uh, analysis of the Catholic Church and the, sure. and, and, the and again. You want to read some really graphic, terrible stuff? Yeah. It's out there on the Internet. Okay. So but no, it, but, but it my question cool. to you, is it, it okay is then cool. to take a book that has pedophilia in it and put it in a public library for middle and elementary school kids? Okay, then take the Bible out and anybody oh, okay. that goes to church right. to hear these things. But I you're, mean, you're, but you're, you're avoiding the question. A wait a second now. Wait a second now. I asked you a question. You're avoiding the question. Okay. Is it okay then? 
according to your standards, to take a book that has graphic pedophilia in it and put it in an elementary school library. Is that okay with you? Uh, wait a second. Now, graphic pedophilia? Yes. Now we're into elementary. I, we were, I did we not were in say... elementary before. We were into elementary well, and middle school before. Wait, wait, wait. I said seventh grade. Okay. And so there are, there, there are, but I'll just say this, when I was, uh, let's see, third grade, was uh-huh. I dumpster diving for this Sure, stuff? but you're still uh, avoiding the question. Is that, but you're still avoiding the question. Is that okay with you? I'm just saying that based on on even how, what you think is going to happen, how people turn out, uh-huh. that doesn't necessarily so, happen. So you're not, so not going to answer the question? What I'm saying, what is the definition of pedophilia? Describe exactly what you Okay, mean by I would word. say, let's, let's describe it. Let's say a guy in his 40s takes some kid who's maybe six years old and convinces well, him to engage in sexual in activity. That shouldn't be in there. That, okay, I'll get you. Finally, is, is, is answer the question. Is that actually a book? So then, is that actually a book? But actually, there are some books out there that are like this. What we're trying to figure out is where do you want to draw the line? Where do you, well, Greg, want to draw I'm the definitely line? drawing the line there. Okay, okay. So you, okay, wait, 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 wait. I'm just trying to find the definition here, okay? So there's where you okay. would draw the line. So now let's step up to there's two underage boys that are represented... Uh, and they're having, you know, sex with each other, and that's what's in the book, two underage boys. Would you draw wait, wait, the wait, line wait. there? So wait a second. What is the definition of underage? Obviously, they can uh, have Well, sex. they're, in, okay, right. they're not even teenagers. Well, definitely not under the, yeah, Okay, so now, okay, not. so they're, that, that, that's, okay, I'm still just finding the line. Let's just okay, so they're now they're, the, um, they're 14 years old. They're 15 years old. Well, I'll just say this. Yeah. Had I known myself a little better, um, I'm certain eighth grade would have been better for me had I understood so, my body. <laughs> so you would be okay with a book that showed two 15-year-olds, enga- boys, engaging in sexual activity in the school library. I'm just trying to find where you draw the line. Well, I'm just saying those kinds of things are happening, or there's a fascination with that right. already occurring. Right, but, you have but would you, would you allow that? If it? you were in charge of the library, would you put that kind of a book in the library? Well, what I'm saying is, is the alternative. Okay, but you're still avoiding negative. the question. And I, grew you're, up I just put you in charge of the library. Would you put it in the library? Absolutely. You would. Okay. So I, I just now understand. Now, but can you understand that there's some parents out there who are saying, but I don't want that in my school library? Well, I understand there's a lot of parents that don't like a lot of things. Okay. But life comes at you. Yeah. And if kids, kids absolutely can understand these issues. Gotcha. Okay. Look, I've dealt and, with right, all and, kinds of sexual advances from all kinds of people. Right. At inappropriate times. Again, <laughs> I think life is getting better. The world is getting better. People are getting better. We focus on the negative. We should focus on education and understanding our bodies. The lights go on before the brain kicks in. Last question for you. You're having kids that get pregnant at 10. Right. Last question for you. So is this a place, and I think I know what your answer is going to be, that should be taught at school or should it be up to the parents? I think parents have done a terrible job at sex, so we pushed it off to the school. Once the parents figure out that, oh, I don't like that, then yeah. they come in on it. Okay. But we should have a more open and honest discussion about sex 
in society today. Okay. That's the fact. Now, you and I, here's what I'd like to compliment you on, Greg. You and I have a lot of disagreements here. But what you are not is Dave from San Francisco. And I really enjoyed this conversation, and I appreciate it. And we're going to probably find well, out next hour. What I, I got to run because of the clock here. Okay, Glenn. Okay, but thank you Have for the call. One. I appreciate it. Now, that's, that's how you handle that. Dave and I disagree on a lot. But you see how he handled himself there. That's why I kept him on longer. Do you disagree with Dave? I bet a lot of you do. As soon as we get done with sports and news and all of that, triple eight ninety seven Woods, wake up Wyoming. Got something to say? Call eight 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 ninety seven Woods or chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K two Radio. Eight forty nine is the time. Wake up Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box to talk to Frank Gambino. Uh, so, Frank, just a little bit of a life lesson here. So let's say that you're someone who likes to drink too much and go hunting. Right? Um, that's probably not that a really good bad combination. Idea, yeah. Do not drink too much. Go hunting, especially if you're known by the police for poaching animals. Get yourself a big racked buck, tie it down on the back of your flatbed, celebrate by getting drunk and pass out next to the dead animal so the police can find you, the beer, on your vehicle. And the poach. Yes, the poach is right there. Uh, So this guy has, again, he's been arrested for DUI in the past. He has been arrested for poaching in the past. Edgerton, Wyoming, they find him passed out right there in his flatbed, which means, of course, he was driving the flatbed. Bottles and beers all over the place. And this big, beautiful buck that was alive like five minutes ago tied down to the back of the flatbed there. So they've got the whole case wrapped up here. They can take pictures of him with fingerprints and all of that before he wakes up. Did, and Edgerton is not all that big. I'm wondering no, if he pulled not. into the parking lot of that abandoned hotel mm. or by the bowling alley yeah, and go, um, yeah. Here's I've a place for enough. a few. Yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah. Nobody will see me here. Right. Now, my next question is for a guy like this is how many, this is not his first rodeo, if you will, yep. pardon me. How many times does he have to get arrested for this? Well, how many, yeah. I mean, you know, the court system's yeah. got to say, dude, yeah. that's enough. That is, yeah. I mean, that's enough. Apparently, just getting arrested is not enough to teach this guy a lesson. Oh, no, no. We, you go away with the place where three hots and a cot. Yeah, so you got, so we got to find something. I'm not sure what to do, Frank, but it's not going to involve alcohol or hunting. No, absolutely. The state high school volleyball tournament will start this afternoon at the Ford Center in Casper. And 4A, Kelly Walsh is the defending champion. They come in at 24 and 7. They'll meet 27 and 8, Campbell County at 2.30. The first 4A match at 1 p.m. will have Thunder Basin at 31 and 14 on Riverton comes in at 17 and 15. Also in 4A, Laramie with a record of 30 and 1. Takes on 27 and 8 Star Valley and at 4.30 and then at 6 o'clock, Cody at 24 and 2 meets 23 and 13 Cheyenne East. 3A defending champion Mountain View 29 and 7. They'll face Wheatland at 2.30. The Bulldogs come in at 23 and 10. Buffalo at 26 and 4 plays 20 and 14 Worland at 1. Douglas who comes in at 25 and 11 meets 26 and 11 Lyman at 4.30. Powell with a mark of 25 and 6 will take on 13 and 20 Torrington at 6 p.m. Over in 2A, Burns defending champion. The Bronx are just 15 and 18 this year. They'll draw 18 and 12 Shoshone at 4.30 
today. Big Horn at 26 and 9, plays Big Piney at 1. Big Piney comes in at 8 and 18 at 1 p.m. Tongue River and it will entertain Rocky Mountain at 2.30. Tongue River is 17 and 11, and Rocky Mountain is 12 and 16. Then at 6 p.m., Grable with a record of 25 and 7 will play 14 and 13 Pine Bluffs. It won a Riverside, Riverside, the defending champion. They entered the state tournament with a record of 18 and 14. They have a first round uh, draw, a very tough draw at that, with Upton, who is 27 and 2 at 1 p.m. And at 2.30, Little Snake River at 27 and 3 takes on 18 and 10 Hewlett at 4.30. Southeast at 17 and 9 plays Burlington, and the Huskies are 16 and 16. Then at 6 o'clock, Cokeville, a perennial uh, participant in the state tournament of volleyball at 24 and 11 will take on 9 and 15 Guernsey. The semifinals of the state volleyball tournament will be tomorrow, and the championship matches will be at 4.30 on Saturday at the Ford Center in Casper. Junior College Volleyball and the Casper College, the number one seed from the north, lost their first round match in the Region 9 tournament yesterday to Trinidad, and in five sets, 25-18, 22-25, 24-26, 25-23, and 18-16. So the birds are 24-11, and 11, and they will play McCook, Nebraska, in a loser-out match this afternoon. LCCC from Cheyenne advanced to the winner's bracket where they come from behind win over Western Nebraska. The Golden Eagles lost the first set, two sets, 25-19 and 25-18, and they won the next three, 25-23, 25-13, and 25-11. LCCC will play the whole school, NJC, who is 31-2 on the year at 6 p.m. tonight. Legendary college basketball coach Bobby Knight passed away at the age of 83. He led Indiana to three national championships and won over 900 games in his career. Knight loved fishing in Wyoming over and over and over again. Had some property up in the Sheridan area. Cantankerous guy, love him or hate him, but he certainly was entertaining. And Wyoming doesn't have that many folding chairs, so we were a lot safer. We, pretty much, yeah. And, yeah, and, 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 and once you, you, you know, those those kind of people, they, they come to Wyoming to get away from it all. Yeah, and decompress. That's probably why we ex- we experienced him as a nice guy. Yeah, because you come to Wyoming to decompress. Yeah, a lot of people, you'd be amazed who comes through here to decompress. Yes. You, you never see him, you never hear of him. They just yes. find a spot and they're uh-huh. good. And, and some people, I'm sorry to say, you just never see from them again, but I just, well, yeah, that's yeah. because, you know, like uh, they went and hugged the Buffalo, but that's a whole different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, All right, yeah thank yeah. you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. Then I'm getting a whole lot of reaction over our last caller, Greg from Laramie. You can get in on that. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Okay, phone's open. So 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Thanks for the call, Greg, because you certainly made it interesting. Here's what I was talking about earlier. So our superintendent of public instruction, our school mom in Wyoming, is offering what she calls guidance to schools around Wyoming about graphic material in our school libraries. And that includes from elementary school on up through... You know, And we've talked about some of the books and some of the graphic material, and it's not even so much topic matter. It's just that if you want to discuss sexuality, things like this, these books do it in such a graphic way that it's objectionable to parents. Now, Greg called in from Laramie. Now, Greg, I'm going to basically just put it in the, the Reader's Digest version for you, if you will. But I'll try to catch the spirit of what you were saying. Greg's answer is, well, parents are doing a lousy job at teaching their kids about sex and sexuality anyway. 
And all of this graphic stuff, the kids have a phone, they have access to a tablet or a laptop. They can go on the Internet, and, and they're looking at this stuff already anyway. So why not just allow it in the library? Now, my answer to that is, well, hold on. Uh, let's. I'll take this piece by piece. Would you walk into a church service during Sunday while the preacher is preaching and open up a Playboy magazine and just start gawking at the centerfold while the preacher is preaching right there in the center pew where everybody can see it? No, of course you wouldn't. Why not? Disrespectful. Not the time and place. Inappropriate. Yeah, you, you don't do that there. Okay, so certain graphic materials should not be allowed in your church during a church service. Now, you can argue, well, you're just going to see it outside the church. Yeah, but you don't do it in the church. Would you allow that graphic material in your schools? No, especially at taxpayer expense. These books that they're talking about banning, no one's actually banning them. Like our superintendent of our school more says, if you want to get your kids these books, buy them the books. They're available. You can get them. But what's appropriate for your schools? What would you allow? And that's where I had a little bit of trouble nailing Greg down, but I finally got him on. Where do you draw the line? And Greg does not draw the line where a lot of you would. So now, again, 888-97-WOODS if you want to call in. Here's some of the people that are texting me while using the Wake Up Wyoming app. Let's see. There's Buck. I'm still getting more while I'm talking about it. I'm still getting more. And you're certainly allowed to use this. Uh, Buck says, in regards to the call before the break, I know everyone loves getting their digs in against the Catholic Church, but saying they support tech and push pedophilia in their writings, etc. It's ignorant and absurd. He said, I'm a uh, cradle Catholic in Catholic school, altar boy. At 53, I still go to church every weekend. Never once I've been taught, encouraged, etc., to support any use or abuse of kids. Uh, the scandals we've seen were a complete failure of church leadership and criminal behavior, but it has never been taught or encouraged. And we are the second largest church in the world, billions of Catholics. With that large of a leadership element, you're going to have corruption now and then, even sick criminal acts. I don't don't support it, never have. Our Pope, who we don't worship, by the way, like many say, is very political and progressive and doesn't uh, belong in the position he's currently in. He's pushing progressive ideas that are against Catholic teachings. Back to my point, we don't push pedophilia. Okay, I see Mark and Centennial. Should parents pay to have their children exposed or groomed? No. The money should follow the child. More families can afford to have a true education choice. That's why I'm in favor of school vouchers. Rather than battling this out in the public arena, pick the school that you think. And if your school is a progressive school that allows this material, then send your kid there if that's what you want. And if you're against it, send it to a school where they don't find that. Greg's point is they're going to find it on the Internet anyway. My answer is unless you as a parent are actually taking care of He believes that very small percentage of parents actually really monitor their kids. He might be right about that. Fire Pit Paul, last caller, you can avoid responsibility, but you cannot avoid the consequences of avoiding responsibility. His pathetic and evasive answers show his lack of ethics. 
I will say this much, Greg, although I enjoyed the call, you're always a good conversation, it was very tough to nail you down because you kept avoiding the question. Where do you draw the line? Yeah, and, and that really comes down to, because, Greg, you're going to draw the line one place, and many of the listeners out there are going to draw the line somewhere else. And that's part of what we have to decide, because it's community standards. Different communities will have different standards. Corey in Nebraska, he's good at avoiding the question. No, he's not good at it, Corey. I caught him. <laughs> uh, Lane and Casper, that last caller is a sick perv. Okay. Uh, Rhiannon for danger. This guy's a big bit backwards. Uh, R.H. in Wiggins, Colorado. Glenn, respectfully to Greg, putting books with cartoons of little boys doing, uh, well, sexual activities in children's libraries is not going to steer kids away from Internet porn. It's merely adding more to the plate. Mike and Casper, no, it's not okay. Hmm. Okay, so that's just some of the... Let's see. Uh, okay, yeah, that's just some of the reaction that I got to Greg's phone call there. To me, it really is... Oh, wait, Tim and Casper. So why not condone alcohol to minors? They can get it anyway. No, wait, hang on a second. I'm going to go out and I'm going to exaggerate to make a point. And I assume, Greg, you're still listening. I'm going to exaggerate to make a point, all right? Kids after school... Tim's right. Kids after school can get a hold of alcohol. Many kids, after they leave school, will go find alcohol and go find drugs. All right. So since you're going to find it anyway, and the parents are so lousy at teaching, then I tell you what, I want alcohol vending machines in schools. So kids can, if they want a beer, they can go. When they go through the lunch line at school, they can just go buy alcohol. They want a drink. They want a Bloody Mary with their lunch Go ahead. Hey, they're just going to find alcohol when they get out of school anyway. And the same thing goes with all sorts of drugs. We don't allow drugs in school, or at least we try not to. To be fair about it, drugs get into our school anyway. I laugh every time I see a sign that this school is a drug-free zone. No, it's not. That school is where most kids learn about drugs. Okay. But having said that, should we just go ahead and allow the sales of it openly in school? Or do we try to stop it? They're going to get a hold of it anyway. So why not just allow them to do it? And their parents certainly aren't stopping them. So why not just allow it in the classroom? So while the teacher is teaching some boring subject, the kid can just go ahead and grab a joint and light up right there in class because he's going to do it after class anyway. So you might as well just let him do it right there in the classroom. Using your logic, Greg... Or, or is there a, a place that you draw the line and say, you know, if you want to sneak around and do it, I, we know you're going to, but you're not going to do it here. There's a time and a place, and you're not going to do it here. And I can completely understand why many parents object, and also why many parents are sending their kids to charter schools and private schools and homeschooling to get away from this. All right. 888 was the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. It's Wake Up. Wake Up, Wyoming. Glenn Woods is live on AM 1030 K2 Radio and the Wake Up, Wyoming mobile app. All 
920 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. And again, Greg, I'm I'm just sort of giving the reader's digest of what she said. I hope I'm representing it right. Steve and Cheyenne on Graphic Books. Hello, Steve. Hey there, Mr. Glenn. How are you doing? Good, sir. What you got? To you. Yeah. What you Great got? Time. Yeah. yeah, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I agree with everything you said, especially the exaggeration. And two points I'd like to make is that if there are some parents that I've actually talked to, like the moms for literacy, they think that's pretty good to have all that porn in school because the kids need to know it. It's like, no, I don't think so. I agree with you on that. Uh, my point would be, if they want their kids to know that, why don't they just get a subscription to Hustler magazine and teach it at home? I mean, Hustler's got some, uh, shall we say, some really good educational stuff yes. in there on those subjects. Yeah. And, by, uh, you know, get the schools back to uh, uh, academics sure. and let the parents do that. And then the second thing is, why are we focusing on negative behavior like you mentioned the drugs and stuff yeah why are we not teaching morality purity chastity self-restraint self-control uh those sorts of things uh you know uh, vince lombardi had a uh, uh some good stuff uh, about people uh, striving for excellence yeah. you know he said you'll never reach uh perfection but if you strive for perfection you'll reach excellence and why do we have the bar so low as far as going to uh, all this uh, sure. immorality type stuff and sexual uh, license yeah. instead of teaching, you know, good morals uh, to respect yourself? Well, in fact, let's think just, about this just a bit. It used to be, and it wasn't that long ago, where schools did teach what you're referring to as morality, an older way of looking thing, chastity. In other words, don't hop from bed to bed because you can get unwanted pregnancies and diseases. So don't do that. And that was taught at a very early age. It was also taught manners were taught in school. Uh, dressing well was taught in school. In fact, you can go back. They were so poorly produced, it's funny to watch. They used to play a bunch of old movies in classrooms about how to date, how to dress, how to find a job, how to talk to adults respectfully, things like that. The opposite is being taught in a lot of schools today. Yeah, you're right. Hmm. Okay, somewhere along the line, we'll also. All right, thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. I'm going to move on. So, triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Um, no, okay. Uh, let me let me answer. Y-O-N-J, cat in Mills. I thought Wyoming voted not to do the time change. No. Uh, we have a time change coming up. Here's what happened. Wyoming agreed, because there's states around Wyoming as well that would like to get out of daylight saving time. Okay. Wyoming agreed that if all the states do it, we'll do it too. But so far, everybody has agreed that we want to do it, but nobody has pulled the trigger. So I'm sorry, we still have to do the time change thing. All right. Uh, Mike and Casper, Greg's pencil is broken. Okay, good way to put it. Philip and Casper, yes, sir, he is out there on some things. G-Man and Gillette, sell vapes and cigarettes too. Well, okay, now again, I'm taking it to an extreme, Greg, so, you know, to illustrate a point. You know that after school, some kids get mad at each other while in school. And they meet after school, and they get into fistfights. So I tell you what, next time two kids get into a fistfight right in the middle of the classroom, let them fight. 
well, they're just going to do it after school anyway. Why would you break it up? Okay. I mean, pff, why stop it? Why We can just keep taking this to some kind of an extreme. It comes down to, again, where do we go ahead and draw the line on this thing? And to Steve's point, there was a time in school, and what I was saying was, Steve, we used to teach various morals in school. And by moral, to me, it might mean something different to you, but to me, morals really fall along the line of just common sense stuff. Like, for example, if you do, if you're sexually promiscuous, you run a great risk of unwanted diseases and unwanted pregnancies. So don't be promiscuous. Don't hop from bed to bed to bed because this is, this is what happens to people. Okay. Same thing comes down to good manners, dressing well, Okay, uh, speaking like a mature adult. And yeah, I've actually seen old movies. Actually, I've seen them on television. There's some stations that will play them now and then. But they used to play in classrooms these really bad movies that were made for kids in classrooms about dating, how to date, guys, how to treat a girl, right? Girls, how to treat a guy. Those things were actually taught at a different time in our history. We don't teach that in classrooms anymore. It's gone completely different. But to the point of the question I was uh, having with Greg here, and we went back and forth on, which was, and where do you draw the line for this? And just because they're doing it outside of a school, does, does it mean it's okay to do it in school? Is it okay to allow kids sit, to just to sit there in classroom and smoke cigarettes in classroom or smoke a joint in the classroom? They're gonna do it after class anyway. Might as well just let them do it right there in the classroom. Why not? I actually attended it. This is a long time ago. It gives you my age. This goes back a ways. Right? There was a time when I was very young. You know, I'm still in like fifth, sixth grade. Where at my school, which had all the way up through high school, right, there was a place out in the courtyard where high schoolers could go sit around this tree and smoke cigarettes. We called it the smoking tree. And it was okay. And these were teenagers. And at some point, okay, we're not doing that anymore, and they closed it down, and you're not allowed to smoke anymore. Smoking became a bad thing, and, you know, it used to be in every single movie. It was, it was rare to find someone who didn't smoke cigarettes. But at some point, we decided, okay, you know, we're not going to allow that behavior anymore in school. Where do you draw the line, and when, and for what reason? And that line is going to be different for different people. But I do think definite lines should be drawn. And that's also why I'm in favor of the school voucher program. So if you are someone who agrees with Greg and you want to go to the kinds of school that Greg would send his kids to, you can take your voucher and go do that. But if you're someone who's a lot more conservative or maybe more libertarian like me and you want to send your kid to that kind of school, you can go do that. Take your voucher, take the money that follows the kid and go to that school. And you can go ahead and make those decisions for your kid. Instead of it being made by some elected officials and bureaucrats, because, well, you, if you've listened enough, you know me. I don't like being made by, decisions being made by elected officials and bureaucrats. It, ne it just rarely turns out well. Grandpa Rich in Thermopolis, I can remember being spanked in grade school for being bad. Yeah, they pretty much ended that too, huh? In fact, there's a Wyoming school where the principal went to the Wyoming state legislators and said, you know, we have spanking on the books that we're allowed to do it, but we don't. 
So why not just take it off the books? Because we really don't do that anymore. All right, 929 is the time. If you want to get in on this, two ways. People are sending me messages by hitting the chat option on the Wake Up Wyoming app. And the Wake Up Wyoming app is free at your app store. Or you can call the show. I'll take calls right after this news and information break. 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-WOODS. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Six of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. So thank you, Greg, for stirring the pot. Appreciate that. On the phone with me now is Kathy for Moms for Liberty, chair of the Lamy County uh, branch of that about graphic books. So you and Greg are in the same... No, no, you're in the county. He's in the city, right? Right. Okay, so what do you think about Greg? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, <laughs> To be honest, I I just caught the last bit of what you guys were talking about, okay. um, and I, I I got a message from someone that you guys were talking about it. Um, so I just thought I'd call in and kind of give my two cents. Um, I guess the question that I seem to constantly be wondering and asking myself is why people are okay with pushing the sexualization of children, and why they get so upset about bringing these books to light to make schools be more transparent with parents of what's available for kids at school libraries. Okay. I, to Greg's point, what he was trying to say is, well, look, uh, the kids are looking at this graphic material anyway, whether you as a parent know it or not, they already are. So just go ahead and put these books in the library because it's teaching material. Yeah, well, and I get that. I I get that comment a lot too. Like, oh, kids have you know smartphones and YouTube and you know all this stuff that they have access to. But the difference is, parents are providing that, not taxpayers. Right. So, why as taxpayers should we be supplying pornographic material in in funded schools that okay. we are? essentially putting the money towards. Okay, yeah, and the point that I was trying to make to him is if you're going to go there, then the next time two boys want to get into a fist fight after school, just let them do it right in the middle of the classroom because it's inevitable. They're going to get into this fight anyway. Might as well let them do it right there using his logic, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't think I would agree with that either. Yeah, um, that's okay. I guess, you know, is is supposed to keep kids safe. Right. Um, and do their best at that. Okay. So, sure, the boys might get off the bus and start fighting at the bus stop on their way to walking home from school. Right. Um, and if that happens, then, you know, it's unfortunate. But I think if you can try and combat it before yeah. that gets to that escalation, I think it's probably good a idea. good idea. Now, our Wyoming school superintendent, which, by the way, I changed the title a long time ago, Kathy. We now refer to her as the school marm. Because Wyoming <laughs> superintendent of public instruction is too long, so our school more. Yes. Is issuing <laughs> guidance to our schools on sexually explicit books in our libraries 
but it's just uh, guidance. And so I was curious, have you right. been able to see the guidance or, or have you heard about I, this? I actually was on that part of her cabinet. Okay. Um, okay. So I was part of the committee to help do that. Um, and yes, it's just guidance. Um, there are, you know, Laramie County School District 1 has been working on their own uh, new proposed school library policy. So we're almost nearing the end of that. They will be voting on that in December. Park County uh, Superintendent put his uh, information on what they've done in their school district in that guidance that she provided. Um, so basically, you know, she she still believes in local control, which I do too. Um, so there are, to believe it or not, there are lots of school districts in Wyoming that don't have, you know, guidance on how to handle this type of topic when these kind of issues get raised at school board meetings or, you know, at schools when parents come in and concerned. So helping some of these districts walk through a step-by-step -step process on what other districts have done can certainly help them figure out, you know, what are the next steps we need to do after we've gotten concerned community members coming in and telling us about something that they found. Okay, so from the state level, the best you can do, I guess, is to offer some guidance and hope that it actually does guide, but you're not going right. to try to enforce anything. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So, uh, so far in the state of Wyoming, though, I've only seen a few districts out there that I've had, I know Natrona County was one of them up in Gillette. They had the same argument here. I don't see it statewide, though, because it seems to me to be happening, but correct me if I'm wrong, and these books appearing in just a few class, or I wouldn't say classrooms, uh, libraries. Is, would that be correct? Um, you know, each district, we there's, a, you know, obviously for the Moms for Liberty, we've got four different chapters throughout the state, and right. we cover, you know, pretty good areas. But um, I would say between the four of our chapters and having, you know, pretty much different locations throughout the state, we're gathering information from all kinds of districts throughout the state that have, you know, one district might not have the same book Laramie County has, and Laramie County might not have the same book that Natrona County has, sure. or Thermopolis, or you know Riverton. Um, so there's a lot of you know different books that come to this like same level of topic sure. that we're being concerned about, but it might not be might, the exact yeah, same book title. Book, yeah. Okay, how do people out there who are listening to you get a hold of a local Wyoming uh, Moms for Liberty group? Yeah, they can go to the nationalmomsforliberty.org uh, website and they can type in um, the state that they live in and basically see if there's one that's close by or in their state. Okay. Hey, Kathy, thanks for calling this morning. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, again, Greg, yeah, I hope you're still there. Certainly made it an interesting conversation. And we can do more of this tomorrow, too. I'm up against the clock once again, but we can do more of this conversation tomorrow. I got that. Uh, Frank is going to slip into his studio any minute now. And I got to think of something clever to talk to him about. I got nothing. Let's wake up. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on air, online, and on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is K2 Radio. 948 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Ambino waiting by. Frank, I just came across, I haven't seen this sign in quite a few years, but it says, <clears throat> this is going to be totally out of left field, okay? Okay. Okay. It's a sign in front of a business uh, for a psychic. 
A psychic. A psychic, yes. Oh, so the psychic uh, knows the address. Obviously. Uh, it says nude psychic readings and tax advice. Okay. But, but the, and, the, and the key word there is tax advice. Yes, exactly right. That's, what, that's why you go in. Because yes. more than anything else, you want that tax advice. So is the psychic nude or is uh, the, is the is, client nude? Yeah, I, I see. No, that's a good question there because it doesn't specify who's got to get naked here. I think you've nailed it, Frank. Yeah. So okay. then they could put that on the sign, you yes. know, unless you walk in there and go, hi. I says, what do you mean? Me? It was me. <laughs> but you know what I say many times about people who like to get naked in public? Never the people you want to see naked. Right. Okay. Especially when you're doing your taxes. Here's a psychic you would like. It says, I predict a beer in your future. Of course. So do well, I. Yeah. Okay. So I. So that makes me uh -huh. a psychic. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. That's good. So oh, Frank knows what's coming. Okay. Yes. Yes, um, yes. I always did love this one. Never trust a psychic who has never won the lottery. Right. Because, see? because they don't know. <laughs> because if they were a psychic, they'd be winning it every week. I uh, see. They, they would be. Anyway. Okay. Never Never trust a psychic who doesn't refer to your spouse as your future ex. Well, see, then maybe you want to listen to them <laughs> more closely. You know? Yeah. My mom must have been psychic because when my oldest sister first got married, she would refer to him as her first husband. <laughs> <laughs> and then they got together on the Ouija board. Yeah, that's exactly and, and right. And yeah. bigger than, okay. okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else we got here? Um no, uh, I always love it when they try to predict something that we all know is going to happen anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, like after Monday is Tuesday well, or something much, like yeah. that. You know, that's, that's it. Okay, that feeling when you realize you don't have to go to school, no, that, that meme has nothing to When you're a psychic, but you want your visions to be wrong. Hmm. Okay, that's just the cop out to say, you know what, I'm just going to throw this against the wall yes. and see if it sticks. Yeah, you see, I think what happens in most cases, because I used to do when I was in, in high school, for the fun of it, I bought some tarot cards because I wanted to learn how to read it. And yeah. I read a book on how to read tarot cards. Okay. And people thought that I was really good at it. But what the book taught me was how to say things in the most general possible way. Right, it could be completely ambiguous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like for example, Frank, um, you have had a sick family member that you were worried about. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> if you do it that way, then uh, everybody is a psychic, yeah, right, yeah, Frank? Yeah, tell me something I don't know. The State High School Volleyball Tournament will start this afternoon at the Ford Center in Casper. And 4A, Kelly Walsh is the defending champion. And they come in at 24-7. and 7. They'll meet Campbell County at the first round of 2.30. And the Camels come in at 27-8. and 8. The first rep match from 4A at 1 p.m. will have Thunder Basin at 31-4, and 4, taking on 17-15 and 15 Riverton. Also in 4A, Laramie with a record of 30-1, and 1, takes on 27-8 and 8 Star Valley at 4.30. Then at 6 o'clock, Cody at 24-2 and 2 will meet 23-13 and 13 Sean. And East. In 3A, the defending champion is Mountain View. They're 29-7 on the year. They'll face Wheatland at 2-30, and the Bulldogs come in at 23-10. Buffalo's 26-4 will play 20-14 Worland at 1. Douglas comes in at 25-11. They will take on 26-11 Lyman at 4-30. And Powell, with a record of 25-6, meets Torrington at 6 p.m., and the Blazers come in at 13-20. In 2A, Burns is the defending champion, and Bronx are 15-18 this year. They draw Shoshone at 4-30 today, and Shoshone's 18-12. Bighorn at 20 
26 and 9. We'll play 8 and 18 Big Piney at 1 p.m. Tongue River at 1711. Entertains Rocky Mountain at 430. And Rocky Mountain comes in at 12 and 16. At 6 o'clock, Grable with a record of 25 and 7. Plays 14 and 13 Pine Bluffs. In 1A, Riverside's the defending champion. They enter the state tournament with a record of 18 and 14. They have a tough first round draw with Upton who comes in at 27 and 2 at 1 p.m. Then at 2.30, it's Little Snake River at 27 and 3 taking on Hewlett and they are 18 and 10. At 4.30 Southeast at 17 and 9, we'll play Burlington at 16 and 16. And then at 6 o'clock, Cokeville with a record of 24 and 11 will play 9 and 15 Guernsey. The semifinals of the state tournament will be tomorrow and the championship matches at 4.30 on Saturday at the Ford Center. Junior College Volleyball, Casper College, the number one seed from the north in the Region 9 tournament lost their first round match yesterday to Trinidad, Colorado, down in Sterling in a thrilling match, 25-18, 22-25, 24-26, 25-23, and 18-16. The Birds will play McCook, Nebraska in a loser-out match this afternoon. L Triple C from Cheyenne advanced in the winner's bracket where they come from behind win over Western Nebraska. The Golden Eagles lost the first two sets, 25-19 and 25-18, then won the next three, 25-23, 25-13, and 25-11. L Trip will play will take on NJC, who is 31-2 on the year at 6 p.m. tonight. And legendary basketball coach Bobby Knight passed away at the age of 83. He led Indiana to three national championships and won over 900 games in his career. Quite the guy, and he really loved fishing in Wyoming over and over again. Had some property in Wyoming. He just loved it here. Cantankerous guy, love him or hate him, but you know what? He was Bobby Knight. But he was never cantankerous with us because he no, came here no, to he chill, it. and it worked. Exactly. See, now that's why it's, it's there are certain places that you can go, like where I grew up, Frank, on those islands. Yep. I never met an angry person. Because they live on islands. Yes. And the sunshine. Stop, it's and, literally, you know. literally Margaritaville. Yeah. You know, where you wake up with that tattoo and you have no idea why it's there. <laughs> but that's, you know, this is song goes. What, How did that yeah, happen? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was the psychic that told you yeah, to do yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. The psychic could have told you you were going to get a tattoo, but yeah, you were too drunk yeah, to listen. All right. All right. right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. A lot of excitement on today's program. If you missed it, no, you didn't, because this program becomes a podcast shortly after I get off the air. It's Wake Up Wyoming.